to focus on non-15-a-side rugby this week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And will it offer a way back into action? We speak to WIU Rugby Enterprise Manager Greg Woods. What does the role involve? What are the chances of alternative versions of the game leading the way out of this coronavirus crisis? And when is the Indigo Group Premiership possibly going to restart? Well, Greg, really good to speak to you. The Rugby Enterprise Manager at the Welsh Rugby Union. First of all, could you just explain to people who don't know, what exactly does that job involve and and entail? Uh, The Rugby Enterprise Department really falls under the Community Rugby. My role really is to to enhance and grow and future-proof the game, really. Focuses on a few areas, some key areas. That would include the alternative game, so everything outside of 15 aside. Also working with our partners and community projects. And also making sure our game is really inclusive. So disability rugby, uh, making our game as diverse and as attractive as possible. So it's quite a wide wide and varied role, but uh, you know, fantastic and I'm very honoured to do it. A few months ago, what did you see as the main challenges facing you and how's that changed now? Uh, since I started the role really around about three years ago is it, about um, making it sustainable and everything that we do uh, is building real sustainable and successful partnerships with the right organisations so I'll take a perfect example like the Earth the Earth deliver some fantastic uh, shorter game format competitions for us uh, making sure that rugby is uh, inclusive and is a jersey for all we also work really closely with Disability Sport Wales making sure that we put the correct provision on for young people and adults with disabilities across Wales. Before the start of the summer, this is our busiest time, predominantly when the traditional rugby season finishes. Uh, we hold lots of events, lots of projects, lots of programmes that will cover those summer months. You know, when uh, obviously the virus hit, I spent the first sort of two, three weeks cancelling everything that we had planned for the last 12 months, really. Obviously very frustrating, obviously understood you know, the sort of challenges the the country was facing and it's only rugby at the end of the day, but a lot of hard work had gone in by a lot of people really and, and to cancel those great events, which would have given lots of enjoyment and lots of fun to lots of people who were going to participate in them, you know, was frustrating. So normally when the rugby season finishes, we kick into mass participations, lots of touch rugby, lots of alternative games, lots of sevens tournaments, etc. Uh, lots of inclusive festivals to keep that rugby sort of bug going over that summer, spring, summer period. We had to postpone and cancel all the events. And I suppose the Earth is maybe a, a really good example because that's an incredible event. You've got thousands of children of all ages playing a form of rugby, enjoying it, mainly sevens. Missing that for a year is a huge blow. Yeah, it was. And we've worked really hard together, really. We wanted to create a, a sevens festival that we could be extremely proud of in Wales and you know we've moved the location around over the last few years but we found a a fantastic home with Cardiff Council and in the Pont Cannon and Landaff Fields 
And, you know, it was growing strength for strength. You know, we had around 4,000, 5,000, you know, young people there last year. We're growing at different age groups. We had waiting lists, etc. for teams to enter. The support structure around the tournament, you can't just go from zero to 10,000 people participating in, in a week. You know, we got to build and we got to learn as we do that. So to miss this year is really frustrating. But, you know, we made a, a commitment with each other, really, that we're going to come back bigger and better next year you know, and hopefully uh, put on a fantastic show. How easy is it going to be with things like that to come back 12 months later and and not have missed out? You've got extra time to plan and prepare, I suppose, but obviously that expertise of running it misses a year. Yeah, massively, and it's it's important for the staff who do it, you know, because the perfect example, you know, this year on the Monday and Tuesday, I think we had something like 80 teams participating over like 15 fields, you know, and you only get you know, that experience of running those tournaments by actually doing it. You know, you can prepare as much as you want, but, you know, exactly the same as coaching, really. You only learn by doing it. And uh, we've lost a year, but, you know, we'll take as an opportunity to recharge our batteries and do a little bit more planning, you know, and we'll come back bigger and better. But, you know, that's just one example. We had the road to the Principality where we invite, you know, lots of different formats of the game down to the, and participate on the Principality Stadium in conjunction with all the cup finals that wrote the Principality Week. You know, that's, that's a jewel in the crown for us. And the feedback we get from that and from the Welsh public really is fantastic. You know, lots of schools finals, club finals. We have walking rugby festivals on there. We have mixability rugby festivals on there. So people who wouldn't have the opportunity normally to participate in something like that. And, you know, like I said, I was another... Never huge event that would be sorely missed this year, but we're going to come back bigger and better next year. And I've been to a few of those and just seen the expressions on people's faces as they get the chance to play at the Principality Stadium. That's something that has an impact for many years on them again. Oh, huge. And, you know, we always talk about it internally, really, that from young school children to adults playing walking rugby, you know, seeing their faces walking down a tunnel and being involved around those dressing rooms, etc. If you could bottle that up, you know, that's exactly the feeling that we'd want everyone to experience rugby around. So we had something planned like 28 events, I think, you know, over a week long period at the stadium. That was wide ranging from do a shield finals, women's cup finals, the community club game finals, finals day, which is a, another fantastic event, right down to touch rugby festivals, etc. So, you know, like I say, it's very wide and, and varied and not one day is the same for myself. And we'll come on to the impact that non-15 aside rugby could have in, in the return of the game, because that could be significant. But just to kick that off, if you like, how important was just non-standard 15 aside rugby before the virus hit in terms of developing the game and, and in your job role, future-proofing the game? Yeah, I, I always say this and, you know, I come from a traditional rugby background and, you know, still heavily involved in the club game. And this is not about subtracting away from those players. It's about increasing the numbers, increasing our participation. It's bringing new audiences to the, the sport. You know, and some people don't like tackling and scrums and don't get excited by driving malls like myself. So we got to make sure that we cater for them. You know, I worked really hard over the sort of last three years, really, with lots of people to develop packages, to put a set menu of offerings. So we just don't offer that 15 aside opportunity. So touch rugby, walking rugby, mixability rugby, tag rugby. These are things that, that can cross ages, really, and, and gender. So we're always increasing that opportunity for people. So... The future of it, we've seen a huge growth in areas like walking rugby over the last sort of 18 months. We started with one or two groups up in the Ponapredi 70 corridor. And before the virus hit, we were growing about two or three groups a week. 
you know, with very little resource and support coming from us. So, you know, that tells us there's a demand out there. And what I find a lot with the alternative formats is not just all about the rugby. It's about creating a team. It's about that social interaction. Is helping those people who could be potentially socially isolated or have some health um, difficulties, etc. And it's a fantastic way about re-engaging and getting them back into our sport or trying it for the first time. Walking rugby, mixability rugby, wheelchair rugby. We've got lots of people playing different formats of rugby. So they're not all 15 aside and registered players, etc., but they can still take part in our great game. And, and that's a challenge for me, you know, and that's that's my responsibility to make sure that those offerings are correct. They're played in a safe and uh, structured manner, but also have that flexibility to grow. If you want to play a touch rugby session on a Friday night at five o'clock in a leisure centre, that's fantastic. You're still playing rugby and you're still engaging with us. So, you know, like I said, it's, it's about not subtracting away from the 15 aside because that's so important to us and so important to Wales, really. But it's about growing and making us bigger and, and making us better for that for when the future comes. And we don't know when 15-a-side rugby is going to return at a community level, do we? So is this touch rugby, slightly distant rugby, is that going to be a crucial part of phasing rugby back in, do you think? I think it'd be part of the plan. So I, like anyone, I, you know, I want rugby to come back as in all its glory, really. There's a game for all shapes and sizes. It has that physicality and that contact around the scrums, malls, contact area. You know, if there's an element that you can only play a semi-version of very limited contact, etc., then it potentially can be. But we have that offering already. So we run a, a community touch rugby league in Cardiff, which predominantly has 90 sides playing over the summer in Trelai Park in Cardiff. We have touch rugby leagues down in Swansea University with 30 teams playing every summer. We have those offerings and it's about making sure that we give them across Wales so everyone has the as an equal opportunity really to participate if they want to. And it's never about competing. And if those versions of rugby can help us return to play and be part of that process, then you know I think both areas of the game will benefit. And I know that once upon a time, the organisers of those events felt almost slighted by the WIU, left out by the WIU. The fact that you're involved and you're engaging with these people, just as you say, gives the game of rugby, the sport of rugby in Wales, a big boost just to put it under that umbrella. Yeah, massively. And that is a big part of my role, really, about that relationship management, building key relationships with those organisations. Because sometimes we're not the best people to deliver these activities. You know, our expertise is in different areas and, you know, it's about building those adult to adult conversations and about making it to a strategic plan. You know, and I think that's what we've done really well over the last sort of three years is we've gone after certain areas of the game that we think can we help and support and improve those areas. And like any relationship, you've got to work at it. You've got to build that trust up. And we've got some fantastic partnerships. And, and what you see then is that increase in participation with both organisations working correctly together, sharing that responsibility and also promotion of that. We've got to make sure that those avenues and that opportunities are done the best they can be. And hopefully we can add that to those organisations. We don't, as I said, know when 15-a-side rugby is going to come back, but can you see a situation where, as clubhouses are allowed to start to reopen, that touch rugby, sevens possibly, walking rugby, all those things could actually be the way rugby returns to their communities, if you like? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's really important to state here that, you know, all those formats, you know, everything that we govern would come under that community rugby return to play protocols. So, you know, I think it's important that they all start and go through each phase at the same time. So there's some real clarity there. One, for the safety of the community, really, more than anything. And all those offerings are there for anyone anyway. So, you know, we got some fantastic rugby clubs out there that deliver 15 aside youth team, senior team. They're a host of a female hub. They have the walking rugby um, groups there on a midweek. They do run a touch festival. They do run a sevens festival in the summer. And what we're finding with those type of rugby clubs, they are generally becoming more inclusive. So, you know, whenever we do return to play and the restrictions lighten and we go through the phases, I'm hoping that those rugby clubs would actually see that if you expand your offerings, more people come and are associated to that rugby club. And for us, that is, um, that would be the gold standard. And are you finding some of the rugby clubs that are doing that, but also maybe some of the rugby clubs that don't do everything, are they coming to you saying, looking forward, we think this stuff is going to be more important than it was before? Yeah, hugely. And I always use the walking rugby example as that. And, you know, they talk about that when you finish playing rugby, you know, potentially around 35, you either go into coaching and you go into volunteering or they pick up a different hobby. You know, walking rugby has engaged that age group that has got them back attached to a rugby club. We got about four or five areas across Wales that play Vets Touch. And those rugby clubs really benefit from that. They have a group of people that haven't been associated with a rugby club for a long period of time and they're fully back engaged. And the more people are rugby clubs, the better. You know, the more people associated with that club, that's got to be our driver for community rugby. But it's always having that balance as well. It's about providing that provision in the best possible setting. You know, so if I was using your walking rugby leisure centre provision facilities, then great. We just got to be making sure we're comfortable in delivering that. And moving on to the 15 aside game and your role in the Premiership as coach of Ebba Vale as well. But we know there are talks going on about the return of Test Rugby and how that might work. We know there are plans for the Pro 14 to return. That next level down, that Premiership and even Championship level, do you think they would be the next areas of rugby that will open up depending on when the, the regulations allow? Talking, you know, someone involved in the, in the club game, our club operations manager, which has been selected by the club, you know, they're fully keeping us informed of our return to play processes. I know that the union has uh, done a series of webinars to them explaining the strategy of return to play. We're up to speed exactly where we think that the season potentially could return post-October. And, you know, we've got to follow the guidelines. And, you know, in that process, it can be quite a simple one. When the restrictions are lifted, you know, a next phase of those guidelines will be given out. We'll adapt them for ourselves. And, you know, if there's small groups training, if it's individual training, or you can come together as a big group, clubhouses open, etc. What does that mean about gatherings? We just got to educate ourselves, and especially as a coaching group, you know, to make sure that we, we stick to those guidelines. Yeah, how different do you think coaching will be when rugby returns? It's probably the only time in certainly my 16 years career of coaching that I've had this period of time to reflect and try and make yourself better as well. You know, you finish one season, you're exhausted, you have two weeks in the sun, you come back for another two weeks holiday and then you're back in the pre-season. You know, the cycle starts again. So we're in 16 weeks of non-coaching or rugby activity. We certainly read up on a lot of stuff. We reviewed the way that you want to play, how you deliver as a coach, you know, and I challenged, you know, especially the coaches that I work with, that how do we get better in this period? 
you know, how do you challenge yourself to really open your eyes around how you coach and where you can get improvement. So I think that's the only way you, you can do it because everyone is, you know, I'm certainly missing rugby from, uh, you know, obviously because it's in my, in my working career, but also in my hobby time as well. So desperately want it back, but I want it back in the safe and correct manner and use the time wisely. Many years, of course, as Cross Keys coach and now at Ebervale. How do you reflect on the way last season ended? Because, you know, Ebervale were in a, in a bit of a battle. Yeah, it was extremely strange. We were in a really intense relegation battle. We were building up the two huge games, Swansea away and Bridgend away, which probably would have determined our fate, really. So, you know, and all of a sudden, then the Briggs come off and you're in that uncertainty period for two or three weeks. And then obviously the season was cancelled. Oh, it's really strange. We didn't want it to end because we wanted to, to stay up on our own merit. But, you know, we understand and fully support the decisions that were made of cancelling the league. But like I said, it, it was really strange because you're, you're in that intense type of mode, really. And you're thinking every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday about how you're going to get the points to survive, etc. And then all of a sudden it's all stop and you haven't seen the players now for 15, 16 weeks. And your weekly interactions and your weekly routine is, is totally different. And how does this period affect player recruitment, player development, all the things that would normally be going on over the summer preparing for next season and obviously you'd be hoping to be a little bit higher up the table next season? You look at strengths and weaknesses uh, where you think you can improve. You then do your recruitment processes of trying to build a squad that can compete at the Premiership week in, week out, which is really challenging. You know, that fills some time as well because instead of going training Tuesday and Thursday night, you could spend time of, you know, assembling the squad and discussing the way that we want to play, etc. I'm sure like any coach, any professional or community coach across Wales, that they've probably gone above and beyond about preparation and about learning and reviewing, etc. Because if you love rugby like myself, then that's the only thing you can do because we're all desperate to wait to watch the Super Rugby and how Super Rugby's back's great. It'd be great when the Pro 14 is back. We can watch that in August and, you know, we'll just be waiting for when, when we get the green light, we can all start playing. And, and that's from mini rugby. You know, I've got two sons that play under eights and under 15s next year. They're desperate to get back playing. So, but like I said, once we have the green light, you know, especially in this household, we'll be extremely happy. We have to just wait for that green light. We can have plans in place. We can be ready to go, but we can't plan too much for when that green light will come. You know, I've had this conversation with a couple of close coaches and quite friendly with is I think it'd be quite good actually just to wait, get the guidance, making sure that that fits your club. The start date is probably pretty important because you don't want to start pre-season too early because you could get burnt out by the time you start play your first game. It's about managing those expectations. You know, I'm like any other coach across Wales that you got players for you or when we back, can't wait to get back together. I jokingly say to him, I said, I hope you got this enthusiasm when it's snowing in December. <laughs> you know, for you know that attitude to training. So um, it's about that expectation. We're working through our club operations managers to making sure that we get the, the correct and right advice, you know, and making sure that we adapt as a club to make sure we fulfil those requirements. And as things stand, you'd certainly hope to be back sometime this, this year, if not the normal start of September. Yeah, you know, I think it's, um, it's as soon as it's safe to come back, we... Like anyone, we're desperate to play and, and going back to my working career, really. I speak to lots of different groups that play lots of different formats of rugby, from wheelchair rugby, VI rugby. We hold lots of projects that are inclusive community clubs. They're all desperate to get back. 
we've had to adapt as well you know it's about delivering and working differently so putting a lot more things digitally doing virtual sessions people can have meetings through zoom etc you know i think the landscape is changing you know it's the first time i've ever sat in a committee meeting through zoom you know and having coaches review meetings with players through the laptop instead of face to face and some of these methods are fantastic really and and some that we will will certainly continue to do when when the lockdown and the restrictions are lifted and just finally, obviously, you work for the WIU in one of the senior roles there. You coach Ebervale at, at a, a high level in the Premiership. Uh, you take your boys the recreation to mini rugby. Rugby is a pretty major part of your life, isn't it? What, do you do anything else ever? <laughs> no, not really. Rugby's always <laughs> been a big part of us. And, you know, I've always coached and worked, you know, in different careers. And, you know, like I said, it's um, unprecedented, isn't it, when all rugby has stopped. Like I said, his first couple of months was a bit strange, but now you can see different lights, football has returned, etc. Outdoor sports, certain areas are starting to come. Certainly see the light. And uh, if it's a little bit longer that we got to wait because of our nature of our sport, then, then so be it. But, you know, I, I know for the fact that we'll come back bigger and stronger. Well, Greg, it's always nice to chat. And thanks very much for informing us about all those areas. Thank, thank you. Plenty of interesting information there from WRU Rugby Enterprise Manager Greg Lewis. Alternative versions of rugby really could come into their own over the next few months. Another fix of Welsh Rugby News next week on the Welsh Rugby Union Podcast. Until then, goodbye and stay safe.